Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Just ask any of their 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world, including yours truly. To start your own podcast, follow the Buzzsprout link in the show notes. This gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, lets them know Holly's Highlights sent you, and helps support our show too. Buzzsprout truly is the easiest way to start a podcast. Again, check out the link in the show notes and happy podcasting. Wow, here we are on November 1st, 2022, exactly two years ago, Holly's Highlights podcast released. We have just released our 62nd episode, have reached sponsorship level, have celebrated yet another goal with our listenership, and even have listeners on every continent. How cool is that? I never would have imagined that here I'd be two years into this, someone who honestly hadn't even listened to podcasts. And I am absolutely loving it. Now, this podcast came about from publisher recommendations in preparation to publish my book that my mom nagged me for years to write. That book was just recently picked up by a publisher this year, just signed for it in July, in fact, and it will be released this coming April of 2023. I'm so excited to share that with you. So you can follow my journey on my book release on my social media or even on future podcast episodes, as I'm sure I'll mention it a time or two as we get closer to that launch. Well, as you may know, in addition to podcasting, I am a leadership coach and motivational speaker. And at one of my recent speaking events with Chick-fil-A Foundation, I had several ask about podcasting, how to get started, how much time it takes. And these questions just keep resurfacing. I've had several people share with me that their goal is to launch their own podcast. And so I thought today in celebration of Holly's highlights, hitting two years old, such a baby, so much still to learn. Well, I thought we'd walk through how to do just that, start a podcast. Now, some things I was kind of surprised about myself to learn about podcasting was 32% make it to one to three years. That's a low number. Um, the first site guide.com mentions that 55% of Americans listen to podcasts, 51% of those are males, and 79% of those are actually listening while they're commuting. But the most popular age demographic is 35 to 54. So some fun facts about podcasting. Now, if you've learned anything from me, I hope it's the importance of having a growth mindset. And well, I like to take my own advice from that too. And so I want to use the opportunity to learn from others each and every day. So when a previous guest of mine, you might remember her, Christy Flater from season two, episode five, she was on celebrating Women's Day with Mary Kay. Well, when she introduced me to Meredith, who is the most extroverted introvert who ever introverted, 
a part-time model and full-time curiosity, host of Meredith for Real Podcast and YouTube channel. Well, I knew she was the perfect one to invite on Holly's highlights to help encourage, inspire, and equip us on this journey. Now, Meredith Hackwith Edwards has lived many lives, including sign language interpreter, business coach, model, salesperson, actor, athlete. She's a lover of paradox and is a paradox herself as a curious introvert. She started podcasting in 2019 with the goal of increasing humanity through human stories for a broader worldview. And her show, Meredith for Real, The Curious Introvert is a social science podcast where she interviews everyone from scientists to an Irish Catholic comedian who converted to Orthodox Judaism. That was an interesting one. (laughs) She was selected as one of 40 under 40 in the podcast industry by Podcast Magazine for 2022. She's also a podcaster for hire, acting as host and producer for brands looking to include podcast as a part of their media presence. When she's not researching her next podcast guest, she's hanging out with her husband at the beach or buying plants she doesn't need or even planning her next trip. She believes in being lost in the right direction. I love that. And that everyone should meet people outside the algorithm. Welcome, Meredith. Oh, thank you. What a great intro. I am proud to say I'm part of that 35 to 55 age range. (laughs) Nice, nice. Me too. (laughs) Now you've published over 150 episodes. What drew you to podcasting and how did you get started? Yeah, I can't believe it's been that many episodes. And congratulations on your anniversary of podcasting, your podversary, if you will. That's so Thank exciting. You. This Thank is you. about the time I launched mine, too. So we are podversary pals. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations to you, too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had never listened to a podcast, but I have to give credit to YouTube because I used to watch Joe Rogan experience podcast clips on YouTube. And that's how I got down the rabbit hole was thanks to YouTube. My friend said, why don't you listen to him on the podcast app? And I didn't know what that was. And he's my hus- my friend's husband. So I kind of pretended like, oh, you know, I just don't want to because I but the truth was I didn't know what it was. And the this was just like three years ago. So it's crazy to think that a local podcaster here in my town was um, throwing a lot of in-person events. And so I went to one of the events and you got your name in a drawing if you subscribed to her podcast while you were there. So I literally handed her my phone and said, do the thing. <laughs> and she downloaded Spotify and added her podcast. And that sent me down a listening rabbit trail of other interview-based podcasts because, um, you know, I wanted to learn more and wanted to explore more. And sometimes, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but you just feel like you're drawn to a subject or a person. I call it hot, hot, cold. You know, I kind of have adopted it as a way of life. But when I was a kid, we would play a game where one would one of the kids would close their eyes and then the other kid would say, okay, I've spotted an object in the room. The kid with the closed eyes would move one baby step at a time in a direction as the other kid said, you're hot, you're hot or cold, you're getting warm. And so I've kind of made it my mantra to just go in the direction of people, places and experiences that are warm. And that's how I got into listening to podcasts. But as I listened, I realized that what I did at that time, which was um, in sales, I was a sales director with Mary Kay, and we would go to people's homes and sit down with them. That first 15 minutes at a at a woman's kitchen table was essentially like a podcast interview. And I thought, I bet I could do that. No lie. My husband came home a few days later from work and said, 
you know what you'd be good at? You'd be a good podcaster. And I thought, okay, this feels warm. Then a few days after that, a podcast, Principles of Podcasting Lunch and Learn for free popped up in my town. And not only was that woman there, but also some people that took care of the tech side of a podcast if you wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't have the equipment or the know-how. So without even knowing really what I wanted the show to be about, my husband said, you should go for it. And I signed on the dotted line and we produced our first 12 episodes. Oh, my Lance, that's incredible. And just how everything lined up for you. I love that. Those are always the open doors is what I refer to them as. It's just open doors. Everything keeps opening for you. And you just know that's the path you're supposed to go down. That is so cool. Now you mentioned there's so much that goes into podcasting from choosing a name and a topic and figuring out your show and episode format and coming up with your cover artwork or look and adding intro and outro music. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's very overwhelming. So for those wanting to start their own podcast, will you help walk us through those initial steps of getting started? Yeah, I think it it does depend if you're a brand or you're a person. (laughs) We're all people, hopefully. But (laughs) you know what I mean? If you're just an individual private sector person, just doing it for fun, I think your beginning process is going to be different than a brand. So if you're a brand, you're going to want to decide why are you doing this? And what's the what's the success metric around why you're doing it? So let's say you're doing it to um, eventually convert clients. Maybe you're a PEO, so you're you know, a human resources company for hire, and you want to get the attention of other businesses and let them know what a simple process it is to hire a PEO to help handle your hiring and firing. Okay, so now we have the, you know, the goal and downloads are not necessarily the success metric right? So that's good to know ahead of time. So you're not driving yourself crazy, refreshing your stats page, Um, which I'm sure you've never done. I'm sure that's just It's not a daily occurrence at all. (laughs) It's not bookmarked on my phone at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Yeah. And then, uh, so instead it's conversion. So your goal is different to to create super fans. So if you're just a private individual, you are going to want to think about why you're doing it as well. But it, you know, that downward trickle might look a little different. So if you want to do it because um, let's say you're a military spouse and your husband is deployed a lot and you want a way to have meaningful conversations with other people in that space and might as well record them to provide community, create community and provide support to the people in similar situations. That's a real example from someone I know. So, um, you know, her success metric might revolve a little bit more around community and the feeling that she gets around podcasting, but downloads might be more important than the first example that I gave. So I always think starting with why is an inverted triangle. So when you start with why you're doing it, when you get down to the nitty gritty things that um, drive you crazy, which we all have them, right? Like tech for me, not my fave. And so when I have to learn a new tech thing, I remind myself why I'm doing it. But once you get down, once you figure all that out, then I think, uh, you know, you want to create a, uh, decide on a podcast name. And there's a lot of talk around how to name a podcast. A lot of it is subjective though, because podcasting is two parts art, one part tech, right? So any suggestions that I give, you know, give them 
take them with a grain of salt and anything that you read online, do the same. But you want to name your podcast so that it aligns with the audience that you want to attract. So if I am a PEO company and I want to attract other businesses, uh, like restaurants especially, who just the turnover is high and they need to solve this problem, then I might, you know, call it, I might even address it with something with the name turnover in it, you know, the turnover turnaround podcast or something like that. So however you want to, whoever you want to attract, just consider that in the name and then work on the podcast description, artwork, sign up for Buzzsprout. You and I are both Buzzsprout ladies. (laughs) And then, um, and then create a list of potential guests and topic. If you want 15 guests, think of 30 potential people that would be good on your show and then start coordinating. Um, I think one of the reasons people pod fade, meaning they don't make it past that sixth episode is they, if they're doing a solo podcast, they run out of things to talk about. If they're doing an interview podcast, they can't think of anybody else to interview. So if you have that, take advantage of that beginning time when you're creating a podcast where you just feel like every time you sit on the toilet or take a shower, you've got an idea write it down friend because it will eventually that that creative space is a gift that creative like overload is a gift and you want to just definitely capture it but those are kind of the generalized beginning steps and then along the way you might discover that you want a different kind of format maybe a hybrid meaning oh, I want to interview sometimes but sometimes I have thoughts that I want to share and you might want to do some solo episodes or you know I've done a, a mixtape episode where I after a bunch of episodes that had a similar theme. I cut them up into clips and mashed them together, together and made an episode out of that. So, you know, as you go along, play with it. Don't be so rigid, but definitely start with the why for both cases. That is cool. And I love how you can repurpose as you just shared some of the podcasts and really get the best use out of them also. Now, when it comes to equipment, something I am still struggling with, I will admit, is audio. And it's especially when I have multiple interviews, you know, there's always one that's like crystal clear. And then the other person, maybe there's a fan going or their audio just isn't connecting as well. And I'm still trying to push through that. But that brings us to to talking equipment, right? So what are some tips you have for mics or headphones or audio recording or editing all of that? that goes into the logistic side of having a podcast. I, I know you mentioned tech is your favorite, right? So you're going to love this question. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I mean, I think it's good to get tips from people who hate things. <laughs> because <laughs> Do you ever get a tip from someone who just loves something and they're like in the nitty gritty of it? And you're like, whoa, that is way too much in the weeds. Like give me the dumb, dumb and dumber version. Of yes, yes. So everyone, that's what you're about to get is the dumb and dumber version. My first tip is if tech overwhelms you, hire it out. It is not that expensive to hire someone to edit your podcast. I don't edit my own podcast. I never have. Um, I have some basic equipment, basic software if I needed to, but I don't know much about, you know, equalizing audio in order to do that. So that's like tip one. But I would say outside of tech, the equipment, but inside the technique of equipment is mic technique. So you want to sit with between your mouth and your mic should be about a fist length away. Um, for a this kind of mic that I'm using, it's um, a dynamic microphone. So you don't want it straight on. You want it to have it at a, a slight angle. Um, for when you speak, like don't drink cold water or coffee right before you start your podcast. Eat an apple to reduce the mouth clicking, which I have a lot of just naturally as my 
podcast editor so lovingly pointed out. <laughs> and now I can't unhear it. Uh, tea is wonderful too. Um, lemon, anything with a lemon is going to be great. So that'll help just the better you can have your audio on the front end, the less work you have to do on the back end. And then f- record separate tracks. So unfortunately, I didn't learn this till like embarrassingly recently. I have a Rodecaster Pro. That's my audio interface. And it's fabulous. And uh, so there's a button on there where you can record multiple tracks that will make the files very large, just heads up. But that allows the editor to edit each person who's speaking separately. So if one person has a barking dog, you might not be able to do anything about that barking dog when that person is speaking, but you can completely mute his or her audio while the other person is speaking so that at least your listeners get respite from Fido (laughs) when the other person is speaking. So I use um, a Rode pod mic and the Rodecaster Pro Um, And then for the USB cable, which is the wire that hooks the microphone to the audio interface, I use a Megami and it's really expensive, but it uh, is like $60, but it reduces the electronic interference, which is that tiny little uh, squeaking noise that sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. It's because more than we realize there's electronic interference happening all the time around us. So because I do record not at my house, normally I'm at other places for clients or for myself, I can't control how much electronics are plugged in at that building, but I can't control the the cable. So I think that, I think those are my like tech tips. I hope that's helpful. Your go-tos. Absolutely. Now you just touched on that you go different places to do your interviews. Share with us a little bit more about where you tend to do your interviews. Well, when I first started out, I knew I couldn't do them at my home because we live too close to the airport and it's just noisy. And being on YouTube was very important to me because it's how I discovered my podcast. So I thought, surely there's other people out there like it. So having a visual space that was um, appealing was something that I wanted. So I traded recording space for ads right away. My friend owns a... um, a venue. It's like mostly a bridal venue, but it's an event space. And so I said, could I record six episodes here in exchange for putting your business in an ad and the mid roll of my podcast? And she said, absolutely. And so we had this beautiful space and that's what I still do today. Only it's with a museum. So the UWF historic trust has, um, you know, graciously agreed to the same arrangement and that's where we record. That's awesome. Now you mentioned YouTubing. You have successfully figured out podcasting and YouTubing, something I, I, I tell you, I am just completely lost and don't understand. So how do you do both? Are you able to record your show on YouTube and still somehow use that for your podcast link too? Or how does that work? So podcast audiences on YouTube and podcast apps are totally different audiences. They will probably never convert one to the other. I don't know why, but these are the facts of life. (laughs) So you uh, can put your podcast on YouTube, but no, the views will not count towards your downloads. But that's not a bad thing necessarily, unless you are overinflating those metrics in your mind, right? So if it really bothers you or you need it to meet your goal, then just combine them. It's fine. But I use Zoom and then I record the video of my guest on Zoom. And then I use a Sony camera to record myself in 4K with the bokeh background, meaning like the background slightly blurred. We have lighting, 
Um, and then the settings of the camera are set to a certain way that creates a warm light. So my editor for the video doesn't have to do very much color grading. And then, uh, then, you know, we put it up on YouTube. YouTube is coming out with a podcast, you know, like page. So this is a good time to do that, but, but no, they, they don't, the, the downloads don't convert, but it's fun to put it on YouTube because you do get immediate feedback from the people who watch, they like it or comment. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. That can really help you in the direction to, to take it also. Yeah, I agree. So, cool. so let's say our listeners get everything in order and are ready to launch then, of course, to your fabulous advice. Now, how do we reach that audience? You touched on a little bit on YouTube and just how they do differentiate, but what advice can you give us for promoting this podcast and reaching more listeners or building that reach? Before you ever launch, you want to create a list of a potential promo squad, which is what I just called my my launch team. Some people call it that. But basically, come up with 75 to 100 people that you are willing to ask to prom- listen, promote, and rate and review your show. Give them an incentive, though. So I didn't have a, like a lot of money, so I just did a $50 Amazon gift card. And for every of those three things that you did, you got an entry into the drawing. And so at the certain date that I did the, the drawing. And so that really helped the podcast have a strong start. So I recorded the show in batches. So that was like locked and loaded, right? Because I think some people miss these important steps because they're hand to mouth week to week with mm-hmm. how their production cadence is. And so don't don't do that. I would not recommend that. I would say do try to do four at a time if you can. It depends on how many how long your episodes are. But having that promo squad squad was so helpful because it was creating a buzz on social media about what was going on. And then when I was working to book my next batch of guests they could go cyber stock my show and see it already had ratings and reviews. So that was really helpful too. The second thing is how you name your show. So you want to take advantage of that SEO. What are people searching for and what audience are you trying to reach? Where do, where does that audience hang out? Are they on clubhouse? Are they on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, the business podcasts, LinkedIn is your jam surprisingly, right? Um, and Instagram is good too. You can see if those efforts are converting by looking at your, uh, your reports, it should show up like a link from Facebook, a link from LinkedIn. So then you can kind of know if someone's directly clicking that link, but also know that you could be converting downloads without them clicking it at that moment, but just know where your audience hangs out. I would say those are the two things I think for growth. Um, if you have a guest interview-based podcast. I think using the, don't you think using the guest is, is a great way to leverage, but expectation management is key. Just because you have a person on your show with a blue check mark or 13,000, 50,000 followers on whatever social media platform, that is probably going to mean that they won't sh- share your episode. They're probably already, you know, promoting lots of things and they don't want to exhaust their you know, their audience. So when you invite someone to be a guest on your show, invite them for the content, not for their potential following. Uh, But when you do have someone on the show, make it easy for them to share the episode, email them the day before it comes out, include social media assets, tag them properly, you know, make it easy for them. 
Absolutely. I love that tip because there's so many that I've worked with that it's actually surprising to me when just recently uh, one I'd love to give a shout out to is Department of Workforce Services. And we did a interview on just where are all the people and you know what's going on in this post COVID world of employment. And they were so gracious and making sure to promote it. And then they would tag me. And I just, I was grateful for that. I mean, I, I put time into that content just as much as they put time into the content and that truly made it a partnership. And I think a win-win partnership to really get ultimately not either of our numbers bumped up, but the information out there to help people. Cause that's what we're here for, right? Is to actually right. help others. And so getting it out there is, is just so crucial. And, and I was appreciative of that. Now you touched on that partner especially for your venue when you do the trade. And I am all about trade. I I think I'm queen of seeing what that sponsorship can look like of a win-win. But what or or how, when, do you know that you're ready for sponsorship? And and of course, what does that look like? You gave one example, but maybe looking at the monetary also. What what does that look like? I think readiness depends on the relationship that you have with your prospective businesses. So many times when you when you Google search this question online, readiness is about downloads. And they're using a CPM model, which is cost per mill. It's about $23 on any given day per thousand downloads. So let's say you have an episode... And if it's getting a thousand downloads in podcast land, that puts you, you know, underneath the like top 1% at least of all podcasts. If you're getting a thousand per episode, the average podcast gets 30 downloads per episode in the first week. So just to kind of put that into perspective, like of expectation management, I think those are good numbers to know about, right? Yeah. But if you're a new podcaster and you have a relationship with a local pizza parlor and you just love it, maybe it's not totally related to your podcast, maybe don't have the pizza parlor as a sponsor if you have a health podcast. But other than that, you know, and if you have that relationship, just talk to them and see what you can work out. I um, did the the barter at first and I still do that for my location, but I have uh, sponsors who also pay, you know, real cash money for mid-roll ads and social media content, which is how I get around not yet myself having a thousand downloads per episode is I offer value that if I were that business owner, I would say yes to. That's the metric that matters to me is if, do I feel good about offering this? Does it feel fair? Would it still feel fair if it was more work than I thought it would be, right? That's important because I always tend to over deliver. And so I'm offering packages that include social media posts, email shout outs, um, you know, mid-roll ads. And, you know, sometimes they even want me to do an Instagram live interview with someone from their business. I'll do that too. So there's, there's a la carte options and package options as well. Love it. Under promise, over deliver. Absolutely. Every time. Any other hacks or tips you might have on all of this to help relieve the stress of launching a podcast or even just being a podcaster? I would say, you know, make sure it's fun. The batching thing I for me works really well, but find a cadence that works for you. Don't uh, every week think about, you know, oh, who am I going to interview this week and 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 launch it in time. There's been a lot of pos- podcasters that I know who have done that. And you can tell in the interview, like, okay, you're interviewing your dad. He is sweet as can be, but... <laughs> I know you're just trying to get through these interviews so that you could just say that you are consistent. Be consistent, but not for consistency's sake. You know, really think about what you want and give yourself space to uh, 
you have uh, give yourself that wiggle room to explore different creative ideas and maybe like one time for Valentine's Day I did three stories right I have th- about a 30 minute show and so I thought I'll have three people on who have terrible romance nightmare stories like worst dates ever and they each told their story 10 minutes each and at the end each told a funny tip or a real tip of what how you know how not to mess up your love life. And I wouldn't have done that if I was rushing on Wednesday to produce something on Monday. So I would say give yourself plenty of space so that it can be both fun and creative. Love it. Love it. I so agree. I I batch mine about six at a time. So right now I'm into the 2023 year and I'm so grateful because yeah, you know, if you get sick or, you know, an unexpected vacation comes up that you get to go on, you get to do it, you know, seize yeah. the day instead of being like, oh, I have to have something out this next week. So love it. Great tip for all of us. Now, Meredith, here on Holly's Highlights, we have a signature question. And that is if you could go back and encourage, inspire, or equip yourself as a child. What would you tell your young self? Oh, I love this so much, Holly. I would tell my little anxious OCD, ADD self from the 80s, where none of that got diagnosed with girls, that I would hold her little face in my hand and say, it's okay. You are very talented and you can do it. Things work out more than you realize. Awesome. Awesome. And you are okay. And you are killing it, not just doing it, but you are killing it, Ms. Meredith. So thank you so much. I'm sure our listeners are going to want to connect further with you. How can they do that? Um, well, social media is an easy place to find me on Instagram. I'm Meredith for real, and that's where I hang out the most. And if, if someone wants to start a podcast and they have a brand, then the easiest thing is just to email me, Meredith at MeredithForReal.com. So if they need um, a producer to not just do editing and stuff, but really handle the project, the project management side of what it takes to launch a podcast for a brand, then you know I'd be happy to have a conversation. Awesome. Meredith, thank you so much. And friends, please check out her podcast, Meredith For Real. You will love it. Now we know that starting something new can be scary, but overall, remember that when God calls you to something, do it. No matter the unknowns or the fears, the insecurities, nor the investments, where he leads, he'll provide and bless too. Again, on the second anniversary of Holly's Highlights podcast, I just want to say Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show by listening. Thank you to the amazing guests who have invested time and shared their talent to help us all learn and grow. And thank you sponsors for making this possible. If you'd like to learn more about sponsorship, send me a message at hello at hollykirby.com. I welcome you to share the podcast with your friends, neighbors, coworkers, family, and I'd value your rating and comments wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, the list goes on and on. And I always welcome your feedback on topics too, as I I'd like to learn more about what you would like to learn about and people you'd like to learn from here on Holly's Highlights Podcast. It truly is a pleasure getting to encourage, inspire, and equip others to intentionally live their life full of purpose. Thank you for doing just that in my life too. And thank you again, Meredith, for being here. I really do appreciate the the valued opportunity to learn from you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. 
We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollycurby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.